we giddy up. <laughs> We're on our way, baby. <laughs> That's right. Uh, welcome back to the Rebel's Edge, folks. Uh, it is Wednesday, 27th of September. Two days till my birthday, Pete. Oh, you know what? I'm glad, I, I'm glad you reminded me. Actually, I, I lose track of my own birthday, so I, you know, what the hell? <laughs> well, and we got a storm offshore. It's fairly far offshore, but it's moving this way, Pete. Um, it, it would be a weird thing because the way Puerto Rico's laid out, it's kind of like this, right? And the storms come up from the south and then just usually keep going north. Now, that doesn't mean that occasionally they don't come across the middle of the island. The reason they don't usually, though, is our island is 4,400 feet at the top of those mountains. So yeah. they have their own uh, basically weather and everything, and they deflect because they're so tall. I mean, you know, it's not a mile high, but it's pretty damn big. You can pretty see them close. from the whole. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, two plates slammed together and made Puerto Rico. And then we had volcanic activity too. So we've got a ridge of mountains that runs down the middle of this thing that's pretty big. And again, it deflects. In fact, hurricane or huracan is uh, uh, a Spanish term uh, that they came up with here. And El Yuque, which is the god up on top of the mountain, he deflects um, all of these uh, storms. Now, what's interesting is they're saying this one might come around from the bottom and then come back around down. I've never seen that. So I don't think that's going to happen, but that's one of the tracks that they're showing us here. So, uh, but uh, it wouldn't affect us till after our broadcast tomorrow in any case. <laughs> wow. So we can finish the week. And regardless, I'm going for the 25000 <laughs> And regardless. And uh, that's right, Norton. <laughs> so I am looking, though, at uh, my birthday present would be that it misses the island. Yeah, that's, a good uh, so that's my gift to all of my Puerto Rico brethren as well. <laughs> all right, let's dive in, Pete. We'll start with the macro minute. Uh, Jared is back, of course, running all the uh, graphics and uh, the dancing bears. And the bears are dancing right now, oh, Pete. Oh, boy. They're doing and a big, yeah. One of the reasons they are is energy is exploding. Um uh, natural gas was up almost 4% just a little bit ago, Pete. So that's a big move for Natty. What do you got for your macro minute? I'm going to go right back to something I've been pounding, John. It's volatility index. Now we we, 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 we've crept up. We've hit 19. You know, it was on September 13th is the date that we got under 13. We traded in the 12s. And here we are now, 27th. And we're looking at 94 and for crude oil. Uh, that's a big run in a hurry, John. That's uh, that's something that uh, is interesting. But when I look at the the volatility index at 19 now, uh, you know, and you were just talking about energy, you talk about volatility. I think they all mesh together. We're seeing a lot going on with energy that's now affecting the volatility in the markets as well. Absolutely, and. Uh... Many of your favorite segments is right now, folks. It is Fantastic Future. Fantastic Futures. <laughs> well, 
They're, they're once again, they are not fantastic today uh, because crude oil made it through 91, 92, now 93, and it's pushing towards 94. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for the president, who's in a lot of trouble right now anyway, Pete, this is a real problem. And I would point out that as that little sticker, you're seeing more and more of those, especially here on the island, Pete, uh -huh. um, where we have very low tax on uh, gasoline on the island. How do I know that? Because it's an island that doesn't refine uh, oil into gasoline, Pete, but it's cheaper here. We're paying probably the equivalent of $3.90 a gallon. And in California, they're paying over seven. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're seeing those stickers everywhere because right. people know that the president's been cutting back on American independence for oil and energy production. And uh, that has consequences. The Russians cutting back 360,000 barrels a day has consequences. OPEC uh, basically keeping their cutback uh, has consequences. And the fact that we drew down the spur, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and didn't refill it has consequences. And you got to kind of wonder about the refilling and why that didn't happen, John. We were in the 66, 68 category for a while and didn't make that move. Uh, but when you look at volatility that, like I said, was underneath 13, and now here we are at 19, you look at crude oil. Shoot, John, July, it was 70 bucks. It had just come off those 60s. It got to 70 bucks. And now all of a sudden, like you just mentioned, we're pushing right on 94. So this has been an extraordinarily rapid move to the upside. Like we've said, uh, triple digits, we're getting a little bit closer every single day. And I will not be surprised if we're trading above 100 at some point in the not too distant future. And I don't think that future is very distant at all, to be honest with you, based on what we're seeing and what you were talking about with Nat Gas. I'll tell you what, it's affecting the entire energy space right now, from Nat Gas to crude oil to uranium, you name it. They're all starting to have that big move to the upside. Yep, and we've got a couple examples coming up, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, so stick with us. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've got to basically thank one of the sponsors of the show, Pete, Celine Automotive. Yeah. Steve Celine is a legend in racing as well as car production. That's the new Celine S1 that you see there. You know, 35 years of just incredible vehicles. Started with the Mustangs and so forth, Pete. And then he made his own supercar, the uh, Celine uh, S7 and uh, some of the other models. Now he has the Celine S1. Pete, by the way, I've got you lined up for one of those Celine uh, trucks because he takes an F-150 and he puts a supercharger on it, Pete, that gives you 750 horsepower. <laughs> so, and... I tell you what, uh, I I wish I could talk Steve into charging more for his stuff, folks, because I think it's too cheap. I mean, when you look at a Raptor or any of those high-end uh, vehicles, uh, they are way too cheap, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but it's a fantastic uh, legacy that Steve Salinas created. If you want to be part of it, because they're going to be coming public, folks, if you want to be part of it, he's doing a fundraiser on Start Engine. And if you go to invest.saleen.com, you can be part of it. He's already raised now. Uh, we're pretty proud of helping him. He's raised 
722,000 in crowdfunding so far. And that's just invest.saleen.com. Um, and you could own a piece. Uh, and by the way, when these things come public, Pete, you look at Ferrari, 40 PE. You look at GM and Ford somewhere between four and eight PE. These high-end supercars and people that do what Celine does to motor vehicles, man, you get a lot of pop. Uh, out of that when this thing goes public and I own some and I am a paid spokesman for them, Pete. I love this company. I'm so, on that list. I want to be on that list. I want that damn truck. You and I talked about it just uh, less than a week ago and I will be driving one of those. I, I'm a truck guy. I don't give a crap about sitting there in some low hung thing down there on the ground. I want my truck. So me and Steve Celine are going to have to have a conversation soon. You and I were looking at some of the stock that's out there now, when I say stock, I mean the actual vehicles. Holy smokes, John, those are beautiful. I can't wait. I'm excited about it. And you're right. They are cheaper than the Raptor and some of those really high-end things. They shouldn't be, but uh, maybe that's something we'll discuss with him after I buy mine. Yeah. <laughs> Very shrewd on your part. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about NEP. So that's Nancy Edward Papa. Um, they are down hard. They cut their outlook uh, for their growth rate, Pete, for their um, uh, what they're going to be getting in as far as revenue and so forth. And the stock not responding well to that down about 15 percent right now. And John, this is one of those stocks where people will all gather together and say, you know what, we ought to buy this thing. Look at that yield at 7%. It's 7% because of the fact that this stock has just gotten hammered. So don't just use one metric to make your decisions out there would be my advice. If you think that this thing is actually bottomed out, great. Then that's not a bad way to look at it. But I think there are other metrics I'd be looking at. And one of the things, John, you talk about it, they're, they're, they cut the growth distributions. Eh, there's a lot of different things going on right now where I'd say, you know what, this is one of those where I look at it, I'm going to back away, I'm going to wait, it's got to show me when it's going to recover, because this is a stock that's gotten hit, 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 and down 15, 16, 17% today, whatever it is, um, I'm not sure it's over, so I don't think it's time to just jump in front of this thing either. No, and that's uh, that kind of insight is something that we know that's what you guys want to hear, whether we're endorsing something like, um, you know, Generac or any of the stocks we're about to talk about, or whether we think, you know what, I think this is a, let's lay back and not jump on this one, rather than just regurgitating Bloomberg or Yahoo Finance, both great publications, yep. but we think you guys can actually read. So we like giving you our opinion in addition to the news. <laughs> All right. What about this one, Pete? Miller Knoll. Um, MLKN, it's up still uh, 26 to 28% right now. Mm -hmm. Basically, they distribute furnishings in, you know, for offices primarily, but, you know, I imagine people buy it for their homes as well. Um, they reported 37 cents versus 44 cents. Oh my God, that's a miss. But revenue, well, that's also a miss, but the guidance, much better than expected. <laughs> so, the one is in the past, the other is looking forward, and this is driving the stock up a lot today, Pete. 
Not only driving it up, John, but hitting 52-week highs, getting over $25 a share. This is a stock that's been anywhere between, call it 13 and 24 until now, and hit all the way up to 25.20, 25.30, something like that. When you, you hit the nail on the head, though. It's about what's going on going forward. And when they raise the full year, that's meaningful. When they raise what they're expecting with gross margins, that's meaningful. So they've got a lot of things, I think, working in their uh, for their behalf. But they also have a short interest. So there's a little bit of squeeze there as well. You're getting a little squeeze with a 5 to 6% short interest. Balance sheet, I think, is relatively solid. Yes, they do have a decent amount of debt. That's just part of the business, that transactional business that they've got. But I'll tell you, John, this thing, I don't think this over either. I think there's a little bit more or maybe even a lot more room to the upside because it's not necessarily an expensive stock at this point. No, and Pete, um, 500,000, maybe 600,000 is an average turnover. Mm -hmm. It's done 5.6 million shares so far today. You don't often see that. Now, some of that's because of the squeeze, like you say, people being forced out. Um, but also, uh, the guidance is positive. And in the space, they are one of the true leaders in the space, just like Steelcase is. So I think these guys might have a little more runway in front of them, Pete. Mm -hmm. All right. What about uh, Generac? Now, I, I mentioned at the top of the show that, unfortunately, there's a, a storm out in the Atlantic sort of swirling around and hopefully it misses us, but it's out there. It's going to be north of Puerto Rico, Pete, and it's kind of already sending us some weird weather here in uh, Puerto Rico. So uh, Generax, of course, are generators. Um, this one's up about 6%. A little bit of that probably coming because of that storm, quite frankly, Pete, because every time there's a storm, then people say, oh, they're going to rush out to Home Depot and buy generators this time for sure. I don't know about that. But uh, nonetheless, they had an investor day. You might not hear about that from other people in other media, but they had an investor day. And the slides at that investor day were pretty optimistic. Right, Pete? Very optimistic, and as a, as a, a lot of different factors going on here. When you look at the PE of this company, and a lot of folks out there, John, some of the analysts out there talking about the fact that this stock is actually pretty daggone cheap. The company itself is probably in a position now where it's a good time to start looking, and maybe even more than looking, maybe actually starting pouncing into this thing. Because what you just said, and I, I think there is a little bit something to do with the the world and the heat and everything else. There might be a little bit of some of those factors that factor in. And if so, we're seeing these storms. People do tend to wait, wait, wait. And the storms start getting a little closer. They start running for their generac. I mean, mm -hmm. that does happen. We've seen that happen when I lived on the East Coast. And now that I live in Florida as well, I see it happen all the time. I'm sure you're seeing it a little bit to some degree in Puerto Rico as well, John. But when you've got a short interest on top of all of that, that's why you're seeing on a day when the market looks pretty awful, we're not very happy about what we're seeing in terms of if you're a bull anyhow, you're not very happy about what you're seeing in the Dow, you're not very happy about what you're seeing in the NASDAQ. I look at Generac and that thing's up, what, 5% or more? Uh, that's pretty good on a day where everybody wants to sell. They're looking over at Generac saying, oh, we're liking what we're seeing here in this investor's day and uh, maybe we start sort of nibbling into there. You don't always have to jump in with the whole buy. If you're going to buy 100 shares, maybe you buy 30, 30, you know, you move it along like that. But whatever you're going to buy, I think a lot of folks, if you just kind of get in there like that, 
that gives you an opportunity too to watch, see, and all the rest of it. That's how John and I approach things oftentimes. It's also how we exit oftentimes when things are going well. So that's uh, that. this is a company that I think does a lot of things right. And I think right now at the price level where it is, this is not such a bad entry point. I, I have to say that um, these are things that are, aren't just storm related. They're also like Pete said, heat related, you know, for people that worry that maybe they uh, would lose power because it's too hot, like in Texas for the last month, Pete, I guarantee they were moving a lot of Generacs then. Um, for people that experience storms, like he said, Upper East Coast, um, Connecticut and so forth, they don't really get a lot of hurricane damage up there, but they do get a lot of storms that knock down the power and they've got granite underneath the ground there. So there's all nothing but above ground uh, electricity and so forth, and not a lot of natural gas up uh, in that area. So anyway, let's talk, Pete, about coal stocks because you look at Council Energy, um, CEIX, this one has almost doubled in the last six months. People might go, coal? Metallurgic coal or uh, steam coal or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> why? Thermal coal, you know why? Because energy. When you look at energy, Pete talks all the time about uranium and he's been spot on. We talk about nat gas, we talk about crude. Well, guess what else is out there? Coal. And coal is something that they want and need because they need more energy. So they're out there, um, CEIX, Arch Coal, ARCH, um, Ramco, METC, and these all pay big dividends, Pete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing, John, and everybody forgets about coal. Well, you know where they don't forget about coal? In the Asian markets. It's up 20%. And they talk about the coal consumption right now is at near record levels. So if you're looking for, well, one of the reasons I thought we got rid of coal, it's dirty, it's this, it's that. Well, uh, not so much because a lot of these companies, and there are multiple companies that are still very deeply involved in this whole thing. I'll tell you what, John, the demand is there and the demand is in those in some of these other markets where the affordability of it makes a heck of a lot of sense. And for a long time, as you and I both know, there was a point in time where China was adding, I think if I'm right, John, it was two different coal plants per week in China. Now, obviously, they've probably slowed down to some degree there, but there are a lot of folks out there that are still saying, hey, give me the coal. And uh, and I'll tell you what, in the Asian markets right now, the demand is there. It's very, very high. It's just like uranium. People might not like it for a lot of different variety of reasons, but there's a lot of reasons why you should like it from the efficiency side and, and as far as the supply demand. You just have that demand and the supply is not there. Yeah, well, I, I, I think if you've not paid attention to coal, you better folks, um, because again, by the time you get solar and geothermal and uh, hydroelectric, meaning dams and things like that, those all work and they're pretty damn clean, but there's an issue about how do you store it when you turn it on? You know, sun only is out during the day. You got to have a big storage thing for it. There are solutions that are coming, but there's not a lot of them that you can plug into right now. And the pun is intended. All right. What do you got as far as sports today, Pete? We're going to jump into the NFL and we're going to kind of meet somewhere, John. And what I mean by that is 
A guy named Travis Kelsey, you may have heard of him, one of the best tight ends. A lot of people think the best tight end. I would go with Kittle, but I do think Travis Kelsey's damn good. That being said, a lot of the attention has gone away from Kelsey. And why is that? Well, because he happens to be dating and there were rumors out there. And was it true? Was it just all BS? Was it not? Well, he's a Swifty, it turns out. He showed up to a, a Swifty concert, became a big uh, big fan of that whole thing, and now a uh, boyfriend-girlfriend thing seems to be in order. He's sitting up there. She's sitting up there during the game this past week. By the way, Kansas City was just putting a beating on the Bears. Sorry, John, but they were. And the poor Bears just can't seem to find their way. But I'll tell you what, Taylor Swift is sitting there in Arrowhead Stadium and everybody's looking up. They all want to know about it, whether you'd like her or don't like her, whatever, it doesn't matter. Here are some of the numbers. The demographics for the TV of that game, John, jumped enormously with females, number one. That was yep. just outrageous. But how about the females that are 12 to 17 years old? That added another 8%. They had 23 or 24.3 million people watching one of the worst games in football when they beat down the Bears. There was no reason to be watching that game, except if you're a Swifty, you want to see her in the booth going, hey, and swearing and doing all the things that people do and laughing and jumping up and down. It's unbelievable. And you know who is the beneficiary of this outside of Travis Kelsey himself, who, by the way, his jersey sales up 400% since the game. How about Dang. that? I mean, these are true. These are real stats, man. But yep. the real winner, Fox. Why is that? Well, Fox has not done well this year so far uh, until this week. It's the first week of the season that Fox won. And they won because of this crazy <laughs> Swifty world that we live in, John. She brought all of her, <laughs> that whatever there is, she brought it to that game. It's going to be interesting because I don't think she's here for a long time. I think she's going to Europe at some point with her little tour or whatever the hell. But her right tour. now, how about this? How about this Swifty thing, John? What are you thinking? Is it is it real? Is this a real relationship or what's going on? Oh, it is. Yeah. And Pete, they drove off like they were. Um, uh, you know, in Greece, in the, in the show Greece at the end, when uh, Travolta drives off with Olivia Newton-John and the convertible, and then they start going up to heaven and so forth. It was like that. He's driving some Chevelle convertible or something. I'm not sure what it was. I saw it briefly from behind, but it's a convertible and she's there with her arm around him and everything. And oh my God, Pete, just her tweeting uh, or tweeting, Instagramming, let's say, IG, when her uh, whoever runs her social for her. Because stars do tweet and do post Instagrams, IGs, the gram, but they usually have somebody that's professional doing that as well. Hmm. And when that happened, he gained 400,000 followers like that, like that, Pete. Now, the, the, the contra of that is, if they don't stay together, he'll lose 400,000 followers like that. But I think he's a smart guy. He's going to stick with this as long as possible. And by the way, Pete, his brother, the center for Philadelphia, uh, and uh, he have a podcast. We'll have to see if they want to get together with us and do a podcast, you know, with all four. We'd have four. You know, it'd be almost like the Brady Bunch at that point. But... <laughs> 
And, did, and one more thing I'll point out, Pete. What do you think of his porn star mustache now? He used to have the beard. He used to have the beard. Now he's just got this. And I'd look like a porn star if I just did. <laughs> well, we used to always refer to those as the porn star mustache, but his is a little bit thicker than the standard porn star. Let's be honest. Yeah, those are like, I kind of got stuff going everywhere. But yeah, that whole thing is interesting. If I'm not mistaken, I think I heard some weird rumor about Tyreek Hill saying when he's done with football, he might want to be a porn star. I mean, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> That's so we're going to get away he wasn't talking about Travis, was he? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he was talking, talking about Kelsey. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, enough about that. We're going to jump on to the next one, which is college football. It's way too early to do this, which is why we're doing it. Uh, Heisman Trophy. So when you look at the Heisman Trophy right now, John, and you're only three to four weeks into the season, right? I mean, we're getting there. We're getting a few games under our belt. Very few have played very you know, staunch opponents up to this point in time. But there's a list. And by the way, there is a betting line out there in Vegas. There is a betting line for everything, folks. And John and I were just out there, had a great time. And thanks to the guys at the win and everything, they did a great job. And our good friends that were at the Caesar uh, World, that is always fun. It's great to be out there. There's so much energy, and there, that place was packed. You would not know the economy was having any issues at all. But anyway, no. so... <laughs> We're there, and, and and you know what the tries – here's what the Heisman looks like, John. The first 14 names by betting lines – so this is actually not just guys going, I think – this is guys saying, I'm betting on where money talks and BS walks, right? So the first 14 are quarterbacks. 14 of the first 15 are quarterback. This has turned into just a – literally a quarterback award. So – I, th I guess what's interesting, I wanted to run through my top five, John. You got Michael Penix from Washington, which is one of the one of the teams that I think might be the best team in the country right now, playing on both sides of the ball. Caleb Williams from USC. Then you got Quinn Ewers from, from Texas. Jordan Travis from Florida State. Like that kid a lot. He just gets a little bit better and better every week. They've already played LSU. They've played some real opponents. And then you got Bo Nix from Oregon who uh, he could have thrown for 700 against Colorado, and they pulled off the dogs, right? I mean, that guy is an amazing player as well. Another one of these six, seven-year guys because of the pandemic. These guys are like 40 years old, John. They're going to be going to AARP and all the rest of it before they get to the NFL. But so here's a question for you. Do you think Travis Hunter, if he can come back early enough, can he get back into this Heisman race potentially? Now, if for the people who don't know, he's the two-way guy. He was at Colorado, still is at Colorado, but got a bad injury from a hit, and he's been out. So you just wonder, because I'm trying to figure out who's left. Is there anybody other than a quarterback? And by the way, it's not Hunter Travis who is the name that's number 15. It's actually Blake Corum, the running back from Michigan. And then you get back to quarterbacks, and then you start to see a mix-in of other people. So who do you think, John? First of all, who in the real poll? I think it, I think Michael Penix, the way he's starting, the way Washington's playing this year, I like Caleb Williams, but he just there's something about his game that's not as exciting as I'd like it to be. And so I, I kind of lean towards Penix. Um, but I couldn't find anybody else outside of Hunter Travis that I think, you know what, this guy could be a dark horse. This guy could maybe get himself up there. It's still too early. But do you got any ideas on that front? And who do you like right now as a quarterback? Well, 
I'm just going to say while it's on the top of my head, Pete, that Travis Hunter, you know, God willing, he'll be back for Colorado in the next couple weeks uh, mm -hmm. and healthy and stay healthy. Um, he could be the Jim Thorpe Award winner, Pete, mm -hmm. because, you know, the guy goes both ways. So yeah. it's just incredible. What an athlete. Um, Caleb Williams, you know, is last year's returning Heisman Award winner. So that's why he's leading because the money went there. The USC money all went for him. Um, he's got to beat Utah. If he can't beat Utah, Pete, I don't care what numbers he puts up. He's not winning again because he needs to basically uh, own that. And if he can't own uh, the Pac-10 this year or Pac-12, sorry, um, then he ain't going to repeat. You're right. It would be Penix. Um, I doubt if Shadur Sanders can put up enough big numbers, especially without Hunter, without Travis Hunter. But um, Travis will be back. Um, the the quarterbacks that impressed me most, Penix and uh, Ewers down at uh, Texas, Pete. Mm -hmm. So, And they are going to have enough big games that they could both get there uh, to the Heisman. Um, Bo Nix, same thing. Bo Nix at Oregon is going to put up unreal numbers. To your point, he could have put up anything. They just mm -hmm. ran the ball uh, against Colorado, and they pulled him, of course, as they should, yeah. because why risk getting him hurt? Right. I mean, you know, you want to put up a hurting on a team, I get it, but then you want to keep your players healthy, and you don't necessarily want to make it seem like you're embarrassing the other coach. Right. By the way, somebody should tell that Miami coach that <laughs> because the Dolphins put up 70 and maybe part of it, Pete, was uh, the coach from Miami. I'm betting he was getting texts from every other coach in the NFL saying, keep it, keep it on, keep it on, keep it on, because nobody likes Sean Payton. I shouldn't. Um, and nobody should like what he said about Hackett. Uh, that's an unwritten rule that he broke, and he's paying for it. Just like you and I said, yep. right when he yep. said it, the very next day we were out there saying, man, you don't do that. Nope. And he better think he really does have the team because as soon as he loses, people are going to say, you're you're losing worse than, than Hackett, and you <laughs> called him out. <laughs> but, yeah, Ewers, Texas, Penix, Washington, and – like I say, Bo Nix, I think those are your three, unless if Caleb can cruise through the Pac-12, Pete, then obviously he's hands down because he's a repeat Heisman guy. First guy since Archie Griffith then, right? Yep. Yep. I think I Archie's the only other guy yeah. to win two. Yeah. That I, that I can recall. I hope we're right on that one, but I think that is right. I think that is right. Yeah, because there's going to be guys who won it, and then they didn't. I mean, Lamar Jackson, I think, was a guy who won it like a junior. Then senior year, he did not get it, and he's a pretty good quarterback, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, well, It's a lot good. of fun. I'll tell you what, uh, it, it, it is crazy. College football is awesome. NFL has been great, and it's uh, it's all exciting, man. I tell you, it's the Swifties are there. The Swifties are making a big dent into this whole thing, John. Oh, yeah. Well, and if she was dating a baseball player, maybe they could actually get some ratings. <laughs> but no, <laughs> they go for the real American pastime football. All right. Thanks for joining us, folks. We will be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure you check out marketrebellion.com forward slash get started. That's marketrebellion.com forward slash get started. 
for education as well as subscriptions. And we'll see you tomorrow at one.